Hey there, I'm Christopher Schoenwald and welcome to Life as a, a show intently focused on helping people find their professional pathway by exploring and unearthing the details of jobs from around the world. Hey, how are you doing? Before we get started today, I do have a favor to ask of all of you. I did start a channel over on YouTube in the last year, year and a half or so. And yeah, I'm really trying to promote that. And the reason being is I think the content that I'm putting out here, you know, we're doing all right with some of these guests for coming on. And I think it deserves to be put in front of more people. And one of the best ways, of course, of doing that is through a platform like YouTube. Now, if you do interact with these videos on YouTube, that algorithm loves it. And that's the only way that it knows to continually share that content, put it in front of more people. So yeah, I could be a little bit biased here, but I think, you know, finding out about some of these careers is great for young people. It's great for mid-career professionals. If you have a second, head on over to YouTube, life as a dot dot. That's where you can find it. And yeah, like or subscribe. It would help a ton. Well, on to the show. I've been thinking about work and careers a lot lately, as I tend to do on this podcast, as you'd certainly expect. But this recent guest I had on kind of got me thinking in a different way. And let me explain. So, of course, I mean, our patterns of work, our careers that we follow generally have this certain sort of pattern, right? We, we find a job, whether we love it, whether we don't, we generally work it 9 to 5, 10 to 6, whatever it might be, five days a week, you know, weekends, holidays aside. And that's pretty much what we do. We continue doing it for years on end. We might get promoted along the way. We might make a little bit more money. And of course, we're buying things. We're accumulating, whether it's a new car, new home, you know, things for our children, if we choose to go down that path. And that's, that's pretty much our work and career. And, you know, for 95% of the people, that's the pattern. That's what we follow. But there is this other 5%. And especially within the last 10 years, there's this really new emerging trend of people to kind of throw that model on its head and challenge all those assumptions of that being the only way of doing things. And that's what I've got on today for you. This guest, a digital nomad, he basically had it all. He had this really nice condo, a sports car, you name it, a high paying job. And he just basically decided it wasn't for him. He got rid of it all grabbed a backpack, and went off to live around the world, you know, all the while working, but just enjoying life from a different vantage point. So, of course, we're going to get into all of that today, some of the rewards of that lifestyle, some of the challenges of it. And I think you're really going to enjoy this talk just for a different perspective on it all. So I encourage everyone to have a listen. Now, let me more formally introduce you to him, and we can get started. Christian Davies, in a traditional sense, could be labeled as a digital consultant. His background centers on consulting on a wide range of client needs, ranging from assistance with social media ads, videos, SEO, graphic design, and even IT support. However, part of his story which captivates others is the manner in how he chooses to live out this professional existence. Now, after working within the UK for several years and a management stint within Holland for two years, Christian decided to change course. And dramatically so, he quit his job, sold everything, charting a path to becoming a true digital nomad. And for the past decade, he's been exploring the world by backpack and making ends meet by way of supporting various freelance clients with his extensive digital skills and knowledge. And during this recording, he's actually within Bangkok in Thailand, where he's presently, and I stress presently, living out this digital lifestyle. And finally, as one would expect from an individual immersed within all things digital, Christian, like many, has fully embraced the content creator lifestyle as well. He presently runs his own YouTube channel chronicling certain aspects of his life abroad. And not only that, he's also working on an online course with an aim to assist others start their own YouTubing careers. And now, let me welcome you to my conversation with Christian Davies. Yeah, so hey, welcome to the program. How are you doing, Christian? Not too bad, man. Yourself? 
Yeah, great, great. Really looking forward to this talk for a lot of different reasons. But uh, yeah, yeah. Why don't we just jump right into it? Sure thing. All right. Well, I've got this first segment lined up. It's something called Coloring Wikipedia. And it's basically a segment, as my listeners would know, where I just read off a definition of what the guest does. And I do it for a couple of reasons. I mean, sometimes these definitions from Wikipedia, they hit. Sometimes they encompass all of what the person does. And other times they overemphasize, de-emphasize certain things. And you know, like I said, just flat out miss some points. So I think it's always a nice starting point to kind of look at, you know, what the guest does and and get some insights right out of the gate. So I have you down here for Digital Nomad. So let me just read that off. And then after uh, you can share some thoughts. Sound all right? Sure. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Digital Nomad. Digital nomads are people who travel freely while working remotely using technology and the internet. Such people generally have minimal material possessions and work remotely in temporary housing, hotels, cafes, public libraries, co-working spaces, or recreational vehicles using Wi-Fi, smartphones, or mobile hotspots to access the internet. The majority of digital nomads describe themselves as programmers, content creators, designers, or developers. Some digital nomads are perpetual travelers, while others only maintain the lifestyle for a short period of time. A bit wordy, a bit of a mouthful. First take, what do you think of that? Yeah, I mean, I guess I, I, of course, class myself as a as a digital nomad, but then I've never really liked classing myself as anything, right, specifically. Yeah. So when someone says, you do this, I'm like, well, okay. And when you get the working remotely in public, you know, libraries and, and hostels as well, right, you need to add that on. Like, I get it, but then you kind of can almost paint that that sort of group as, of, of people, right, crypto bros, people that just kind of go around. And, you know, are you working or are you traveling? Can you do both? Can you mm. give a hundred percent effort into your job if you've got one eye on going down to the beach tomorrow? Can you give a hundred percent of your holiday and have the best holiday in you've ever had if you've got one eye on client? Don't mm. know, right? So yes, I get it. I would class myself as a digital nomad. However, I've now just bought a massive PC so I could video edit. So traveling is slightly difficult. But yeah, and I've asked a couple of friends here. I said, like, because I was preparing for this, I thought it was great. And I wanted to ask them, do they consider themselves? And they actually gave me interesting insights about where their clients are. My friend here, he said, my clients are in Thailand. So even though he's English and he's working on his laptop and he could potentially work somewhere else, his clients are Thai. So he's no longer able to travel freely and work remotely. He is now linked here. Another guy mm. works as an aircon uh, technician. And so he works in Thailand, young, good looking guy, can go and do whatever he likes, but he has a nine to five job. Is he a digital nomad or is he now someone that's relocated and just works here? So it, it depends on how you work. I reckon I've, I, I, I dabble between the two lines, I'd, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. It kind of strikes me as like if you dive into it like a little bit more deeply, like just how you explained it, there's almost like several different divisions of what it could mean to people, right? Like yeah. maybe if you're just starting out or if you're lightly traveling and you're focused more on the work, that means one thing or, you know, the opposite where you're, you know, you're really going into the work itself and the travel is just kind of a bit of a bonus. You know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You, I mean, some people are lucky enough to just get to travel around the world while they work for their company back in the UK. Are they digital nomads? No, they're just traveling whilst they kind of work. You also get the other side of things here where, you know, they're here, we're all grinding, right? We're just trying to make ends meet online somehow with a laptop with five minutes of Wi-Fi that I got to keep buying a coffee every half an hour just so I can continue this. <laughs> um, is that the same as you want to deal with some of it or a big business and a hundred year history of it? I don't know. You know, it's, it's difficult, right? It's different. And thus, you then get that sort of like, look, your, your outfit is where whatever you like, you, you wake up half in the afternoon, you're drinking at night, like it's different, right? The business is different. Mm. But if you can, and you have a skill and you and you enjoy doing something, I, I've never enjoyed anything as much as I have video editing. Like now it's like my passion. I can just get a coffee and sit there and I just love, it's like little puzzles. And for me, that's like the best feeling I've ever had. And uh so, I mean, yeah, trying to colorize it, I would say is also about how much it really depends what is work and what is travel and what percentage do you want to fit? Yeah. Yeah. And I imagine it changes, you know, during that whole experience, right? Like maybe when you enter into it, it means one thing as you progress through, it takes on a different life of its own. Like you just sort of mentioned, like, 
you know, you really start to enjoy doing this aspect of the work and then you start getting equipment and you start settling in a little bit more. And then the, where's that line between just living like an expat lifestyle in one country versus, you know? Yeah. If, you're, if your business really takes off, you know, you have to make a decision. Do I want the money or do I want the the, the, the beach or whatever it is that I'm, that I'm traveling to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but if this is for people who want to decide to do it, then, you know, I think it's just, just, you don't know the answer, right? Just, just if you have a skill that you're passionate about and you think you can make, uh, you know, it's not work, you're not working a day in a life if you actually enjoy what you do. So that's the, the take from that. All right. Well, why don't we shuffle into this other segment, a day in the life? And in, in the broadest sense, I'd love to know what would be kind of a schedule for you, you know, like, does it line up to... I don't know, somebody who is living an expat lifestyle or somebody who's never left their home country, like they put in their nine to five and then like they go off exploring in the evening or I don't know, like how does it work for you, for example? Well, I'm I'm certainly, I need to schedule my life more than I do. I, I'm pretty much wing it. If I just want to take three days off to go film a video or just go on holiday with my friend or something, I can, you know, as I said, I'm heading to Japan myself in a few weeks. The best part of that is I don't have to ask anybody. I'm going to not have any money coming in because I'm away, but I'm filming it in other ways. But a day in a life of me, typically, because I'm, I'm working on, on Fiverr, so I get like sometimes five clients and I need to see what time they're booking in to chat with me. If that's not happening, then I'm, I'm either trading some crypto, which can be at any point. I, I'm also thinking about well, I've got the YouTube channel now, so I'm constantly either updating thumbnails or looking at better descriptions or researching that. And, and you know, I'm also thinking about if I can create a course, how to how to grow a YouTube channel. Can I sell it on Udemy or something? And I want to provide good value, which is just $10 or something that people can actually watch rather than a six-hour video that you don't need to. Anybody can start a YouTube channel, click a button, and you're on. So I'm constantly trying to basically grind my way through each month. Like, hey, can I get a bit of cash from here? Can I spend a bit of my time here? So per day, I wake up and, you know, the first thing I do is go and get myself a coffee and I can wake up at 7 a.m. If I'm awake, I'll just work or it can be 10 a.m. It doesn't matter to me. I'll just work later. And my clients from Fiverr could be three o'clock in the morning here, three, eight, 3 p.m. there, right, America or something. So if the best thing about my daily life is that it's basically completely different and I do whatever I want. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'd imagine, I mean, like that, that would have to to fit, you know, something that, that you would enjoy doing. I mean, certain people would enjoy that and others would be like, ah, I need way more structure than that. Like that yes. just, you know, wouldn't jive necessarily. But uh, if, if you're more inclined to that, you know, having that sort of freedom, if you if will, you've in a way. If you've got some sort of, like Fiverr, uh, say you're really good at coloring things or you want to do a photo manipulation, right? Something for $5 that you could do. It's not just about joining Fiverr and earning five bucks. Right, it's about you. You just created a business for yourself, right? You now need to make a. Uh, you need to be ranked. You need to. You need to get the clients initially. Maybe some feedback for some mates or something. You need to be constantly looking what other people are doing. What prices do they have? You need to aggressively put your prices up so you are providing more value for Fiverr. They more link. So there's some aspect of hey, I just do photo manipulation on Fiverr. But actually, no, is I'm running a whole business for myself, and if I do want to. Uh, mess around and I take seven days off and uh, or I get sick, I don't make any money. So, you know, and, and there's a lot of competition. The biggest issue that we all have in life is, is billions of us now. And, and anybody that has got an idea, someone's probably already thought about it hundred years ago. So, yeah. So, I mean, I don't really answer your question, but a day in life for me is, is helping other people with their, with their goals, with their YouTube channels. And then when I get the time and I can find the time quite easily, I just love to get a coffee and I can, I can see it. And I've edited a video recently and it took me 23 hours and I did it in a row. I just, I uh, can't be bothered to do it every single day. I just had a couple of cans of Red Bull, ordered some food. So all I had to do was go to the toilet and pick up me food. And I worked because I didn't see it as work. I see it no different than someone playing a computer game for 12 hours. But at the end of it, at least I have a thing that hopefully is decent enough for someone else to watch. I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, there, there you go. I mean, there's, I think, words of wisdom in all of that right there. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, mean, I think it's true. I think you're onto something there. I mean, if you can find that, especially what you're just speaking of there, I mean, lose yourself into something that it, it, it's not the work anymore. It's just to, you're deriving levels of enjoyment from it. Well, that's one thing. And then if you can kind of like pair it up with a lifestyle that fits for you too, then that allows you to kind of do that. Yeah, yeah, I think you're ahead of the game. You know, I never considered that I've been working for the last ten years. Really, 
like I, I consider that I'm getting up and I'm doing stuff because I'm working for myself. So it's kind of like I'm 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 just and I don't know what I'm doing. I don't have a business degree that says you have to do this. I'm like, well, I try that. That didn't work very well. Oh, I better try this one. That didn't work very well. Well, how many things do I have left now? I've done the two top ones. I'll try the third one. That was the thing. Now we'll develop that, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, maybe we could uh, slide into this other segment here, a pathway segment. And uh, the aim here is to kind of show how, you know, people might have this vision of where they want to go with their you know, career, business or whatever, whatever it might be. But oftentimes, like the actual line that they take to get there is never straight. It's never linear. It's always like these left hand turns, right hand turns, zigging, zagging, so on and so forth. And I'm guessing, I mean, that's probably a lot of you know, your background in terms of this lifestyle and probably one of the most appealing elements of, of that lifestyle. But before we get into that, I'd like to kind of rewind a bit in the sense of like, off the top, I mentioned that you'd worked in the UK, you know, for a while. And then you were also in Holland, I believe, for a couple of years in a management position within IT. And then you just decided. Surprising, like, isn't it? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, and then you just decided, like, I'm done with this. Like, I, I want to get out. And you sold all your possessions. You just you know, got your backpack and off you went and it's led, you know, down this path. But like, here's a question, like what led to that moment? Was it just kind of like, yeah, I'm just sick of playing this game. Like, I just want more out of life. I want to see different things or, or, or was there something else? I don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, I was in the, the UK and I, I have no degree. I don't speak Dutch. Uh, look at my, I'm covered in crap. You know, I'm not the, the person that go, oh, that's a guy that should be an IT manager for an ethical bank of all things, you know, but it's like, <laughs> When I was in England, I got promoted enough that they could move me over to head office, which was where the, the, the Dutch branch was. And that gave me the sort of the travel bug a little part, right? I was like, oh, wow, this was great. And I went from England, only an hour flight, right? Easy jet, super easy, 50 quid, 100 quid, I think it was. And I'm there. And then then I started to buy condo. And, and they give me a good relocation package. So I was buying you know, projectors and a car and a sofa. And I'm like, this is my life now, right? 26-ish, I think, when I moved. And I'm beginning to start now growing roots. But with the underlying thing of actually the thing that I'm enjoying the most about going to work every day is the fact that I've moved from England and I'm, yeah, I barely went on holiday. So that was it. And then I had a girlfriend and she every weekend she wanted to um go to Garden World and, and paint one wall. Of one, I remember this story, right? She wanted to paint one one wall of her bathroom, and it was like an hour long discussion, and we'd go and get the paint and blah blah blah. And at one point, I was like, "Do I want to paint that one wall of that one room of that one street of that one house when I haven't seen what's in Germany yet, and I haven't been to Switzerland, and I haven't been to Asia?" And so she wanted to settle, and I didn't. Well, long story short, like basically, my four grandparents died, and then my mum passed away, and I was like, "Do I want to spend the rest of my life?" feeling sad about basically going from having a massive family to being on my own, or do I want to just take it with a grain of salt that life gives you these, these hits and you just go and do something. So yeah, we ended up splitting up and I went and handed in my notice and my job, a job that I will never get to that level again. I sold my sports car. I sold everything at a massive loss and I put everything in a bag, which was about, I think it must've been about 13 kilograms of stuff. It was super heavy. And within a year, it's down to like three kilograms. You, don't, you can travel light, right? You don't need all that, that crap. But it was like, I'm going to go out and explore the world and see five or six different countries. And then I can decide which one I want to live for the rest of my life. And that was the theory. And that was 10 years ago. And I'm still not necessarily sure where we're going to be here in a year. There you go, right? There you go. It's funny, you know, like listening to that story where it's like, you're getting back, I, I guess, to the wall painting that wall, your girlfriend at the time, you know, it's like these little moments where they strike you and that sort of hits you like, is this, is this what I want right now? Is this it hits you in a way that you never think that would yeah. ever hit you. And an, another thing, like my, one of my good friends was my boss and I'm still friends with him now, 10 years later, I said, I'm going to quit. And by the way, can I live in your garden in a tent for three days as a practice? <laughs> and he was like, sure. <laughs> and sure. You weirdo. 10 years later, I went back to visit him only six months ago. I went to Holland just to meet him, just to say hi and things. One thing it was, I was earning X amount and he was earning double that, right? Double X. I was working 45 to 50 hours a week. He was working double that. He was making a hundred hours a week. And at a point where I thought to myself, how much money do I need to make myself happy? You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. do I need a faster car to make myself happy? I'm still going to be in the same traffic as everyone else. 
I just liked going to a new place. And I was the only English guy in this little street where they only spoke Dutch, which was weird because Dutch basically speak English. But this one street, they didn't. So I was the unique kind of quirky idiot. And uh, I kind of thought to myself, this is free. This is free to hang out here. And it would be free to sit on a beach. And it would be free to go just, you know, not to, like, but a, a beer in Thailand is 50p. <laughs> so it's kind of like, what, mo- how much money makes you happy? And does it really make you happy? If you've got no time to spend it, go somewhere where money goes a longer way. And where I've got a swimming pool here. I can just go down yeah. seven floors, have a swimming pool. Can't do that in England. I'd freeze. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for a while, right? Yeah. Stuff stolen or something. Here I can go and chill in yeah. the pool at two o'clock in the afternoon with a beer yeah. if I want. And no one yeah. can bloody stop me. And and for that, yeah. I'm rich. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's it. You know, and I think that's it's one of the things like I think you know, Western culture in particular, we get caught up in this this game, right? Like that, that rat race of all of it. You know, I remember hearing a stat, I don't know, maybe a year or two ago where it was like, when somebody buys a new car, I think, I think like that feeling of newness or the thrill of owning this brand new car it could be something that you've wanted for your whole life. Yeah. And it actually lasts like that feeling of like, oh, this is great. This is awesome. It's like three months and that's it. And then it just becomes another thing that you own. It's, yeah. it's not any more special than your computer or whatever else, you know, like maybe it varies person to person. But generally, according to the study, what I'd heard at least is like it just becomes just another thing and like it makes sense you know in that in that way and like yet we still a lot of us and the majority of people still get caught up in all of that stuff and it's uh it's ridiculous right it's the experiences that ultimately i I think it's all about where do you settle at what point do you go this is the my opposite sex person that i want to stay the rest of my life with or same sex these days whatever should i settle with this person am i going to keep holding out for someone better should i settle with this job should i want a better one can I settle with this wage or should I work twice as hard to get 500 quid more? At what point makes you happy? For me, I sat on a beach with a can of Leo and I'm, and I'm staring at a sunset with my best friend and it cost me nothing. you know. And I was like, actually, this, this is priceless. I could have worked for 50 years to then retire. So at the age of 70, I could go and do it. I was doing it at 31. There you go, right? So it, it's those types of like internal sort of like conversations that you're having in your mind you know, about these things. Like, when you get caught up in that game, you don't have those conversations, not nearly enough that allow you to kind of reconsider and maybe chart new courses. Like, I don't, I just, I don't know. I'm skeptical whether the majority of people really consider these things all that deeply well, or, or often it, enough. No, it's true. But if you go to um, an employer now, I would assume still in the UK and you go in and you apply for the job and then look at your resume and they go, oh, I can see you've had a gap between May 2002 to April 2002, you wasn't employed. Can I ask you what you were doing there? And it's like, yeah, I was living, man, you know? Yeah, but people yeah. don't want it because they know every, every time you go to an employer, they're going to ask you, oh, so you didn't, so you, you're not going to be committed to our business for the next 30 years, nine to five, Monday to Friday, give me everything and I'll give you this set wage, which potentially, potentially goes up 3% a year. No, I don't want to do any of that. I would rather say, wow, you had five years off when you were 19 until you're 24. What did you do? traveled the world, did loads of stuff. And now I'm ready. I've got no travel bug left. And now I'm ready to commit to your business for the next 30 years. Right. You're hired because you've got life experience and you don't need that to scratch that itch of, of traveling anymore. So, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, each to their own, right? I'm not saying this yeah. is the correct way. I'm saying this is what I want. And all I care about really is me. I want to make myself happy and that's it. So I do whatever makes me happy. And if it's this or that or whatever, as long as it doesn't interfere with someone else, as long as I'm not scamming people for money or something, the, the, it's it's I'm making myself happy by sitting on a beach. So no one needs to talk to me. I'll just be <laughs> over there on my own, and I'm fine with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you've got a lot of things sorted out there. Yeah, but the way it's it's coming across to me here, so yeah. Why don't we slide into this other segment here, Q and A discovery, and kind of just continue this back and forth, and kind of curious about like when you were, if you can remember, if you can recall, when you were launching into all of this. You know, I'm sure you had some certain assumptions of what this lifestyle could be like and what it ultimately became. Like, I'm sure there were some shockers in there that you just didn't see coming. But then also some other ones are like, yeah, OK, I kind of saw that. I kind of imagined it. And yeah, this, this, this aspect of the life does kind of hold true. To be honest, no, I had no clue. I, 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 um, I quit my job and I, I went on to meetup.com. Yeah, the thing you can do like activities, and there was some 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 um um because I, I was a big fan of Bear Grylls, and they were doing some sort of survival thing in Sweden, 
So I was like, oh, cool. I'll join with them for three days. And I'm in Sweden camping, learning how to set a fire, doing a canoe across to this little island. But I haven't, everyone else is like, can't wait to get back to work Friday. You know, and I'm like, I don't have anywhere to go. I don't know how to get home from here. From there, I went to two or three other places, ended up going to Scotland, then to Iceland. When I was in Iceland, someone was like, you know, there's a Johnny Cash Museum in Nashville. And I was like, really? So I flew from Iceland to, to Nashville. So, and I got there just to see a one hour Johnny Cash Museum. And then I had th- two weeks else there. And I'm like, completely bored because you know, there's not as many exciting things that you want. And I'm living, I'm, sounds like I'm traveling around with tons of money. I literally eat from convenience stores and 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 the cheapest Airbnb, not hostels. I'll, I'll raise my level ten dollars more than that, but that's about it. It's not the most luxurious uh, life. But my plan was, I think I had a life coach in when I was in Holland. They they provided that for me, and it was brilliant. But it it, it shot them in the foot because it made me want to leave. <laughs> but the life coach, I said they said set a target, and it was like I want to be happier in life, and they're like no, make it smaller. I said like, okay, I just want to be happier. No, make it smaller. I want to be happy. Yeah. And that's it. And I think we all strive for that, right? Yeah. What makes you happy? And can you settle on a lower income in a lower place in a, in a completely unique area of the world, but you feel special and you've got money goes a longer way and you make really awesome friends? Yes. Well, then gonna it's a risk. And I had no idea I was going to come to Asia, right? I kind of looked at it and went, well, America, they're going to shoot me. South America, I'll probably yeah, <laughs> get shot too. So Asia seems nicer. <laughs> Let's start there, work my way back. And then you come here and I'm like, I'm ginger, I'm six foot two, so I'm I'm I look weird. And uh yeah, you kind of feel like a little bit more special, right? Same as in Japan, right? You're different. And and it's and it's actually like a sem not a celebrity, but you kind of feel like, no, I'm I'm the English guy in here. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah, kind yeah. of a nice feeling versus when you go home and you're just like the same person that everybody else sees. And you know, you're still great, but you don't stand out. I can relate to that. I mean, I've been here in Japan now for just over 20 years. And I think, you know, especially in the beginning, like that was a big culture shock on that side of things was how you're viewed and how people interact with you and all these things. It was just incredibly compelling. Like every day was a little bit different. And to be honest, I mean, 20 years in, it's still rather different. Like you never really know what you're going to get. And that's no. that's at least part of the lure of like just living in, in, in a country and a culture that is just utterly different than the one that you grew up within. So yeah, I can definitely uh, attest to all of those things. But you, you grow up and you have your your, your parents or, or your guardians tell you this is what life is. And then you watch your TV and the movies and that is what life is. Well, when I grew up, all I ever wanted to do was go to America. And and now I'm like, all I, I would never really want to go there for very long. Some places look great. But I just because I've been to all of these other places, I'm like, actually, half the stuff that I learned as a kid at school isn't true. <laughs> Or, you know, you need to work nine to five. You need to provide this. You need to join the rat race. You need to pay, pay your taxes on time, which you do. But like, then you're like, actually, I don't need any of those things. I don't need to continuously progress this career if it's slowly killing me and I'm going to have a heart attack or a gold watch in 30 years. When actually I can go over here and, and the, the cinema here is like three quid and I can have a popcorn and a cinema and, a, you know, and it, it's super cheap. And it's not just about the cheapness because there are expensive things. But it's like, this is what I really want to do. I really want to go to the cinema at three o'clock in the afternoon, which I did yesterday. Yeah, there you go. I mean, I, I think that's one of the other elements of, of just that living that kind of lifestyle. And again, I can only speak to this in living in one country for this amount of time. And here you've been all over the place. But still, I think there's some commonality here where it's just like by living and immersing yourself in a different culture, you're allowing your mind to open up to so many other possibilities of interpreting the world, looking at the world in a different you know, yeah. vantage point. Yeah. Like here in, here in Japan, I guess we're on this topic of what, what's successful and what's not. I mean, in some respects, Japan is similar to, say, a lot of other Western countries. Big is better and more is better in a lot of respects, but it's not to the same degree. Like it's pretty rare, for example, here to see people have like massive homes necessarily, you know, like They'll have some wealth, but they'll hide it away. And maybe that's part of the Japanese culture, too, and character. They're, they're not going to be as flamboyant about it. But at the same time, when you see these things, like, well, you know, seemingly these people are, this family here, or this individual is, is happy. They're contented with what they're doing. And they don't have a Ferrari. They don't have, like, this massive, like, mansion. You can live so many different ways is kind of what I'm driving at. And that's kind of, I think, what... You know, you've been uh, making that point over and over again. And uh, again, I think that international experience sort of allows you to see it a few different yeah. ways and how you could potentially live it. So, it's, it's like yeah. every culture is different. But initially you start off going, well, they're wrong. All right. This culture is wrong. They shouldn't do that. They shouldn't be so polite and they should talk to you more. 
But then you get there and you're like, yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense now. I can see their side of the, of the reason. You know, yeah, that's good. Some things are good. Some things are bad. Everything is different. But if you just take the good out of every culture, imagine traveling around to every single culture in the world and, and spending enough time there, not just walking through it, but spending five years in every country. You couldn't do it. But by the end of it, you would be the wisest person in the world. You'd have no money. Oh, yeah. You'd stink. You'd have no friends because you kept leaving. But you would know every little good thing about everywhere. And that's all we can really we can really do right we're all gonna die just however you can get that roller coaster however much fun you have between now and whenever that happens could be now could be hopefully 50 years we don't know but i'm not gonna go kicking and screaming down in a sad way and dwelling on on stuff when potentially hey there's a new shiny thing over here let's go and see what that does i guess this other question here and it's more like in the practical side of things and i'm Hmm. guessing here that as far as you know, technology has evolved, you know, and like you, I think off the top, I'd mentioned that I think it was about a decade ago that you launched into to all of this. And at that time, you know, like this whole remote work and digital nomad lifestyle, it wasn't necessarily like mainstream at all at that point. I mean, I think the pandemic's really accelerated it and it's changed things and it made it a little bit more top of mind awareness for a lot of people. But at that time, it wasn't there. So I'm kind of curious about the role of technology and how it's maybe helped facilitate and you know, made it easier maybe to do all of this. I'm thinking like platforms, uh, networks, uh, you've already mentioned like, you know, Fiverr or like a bunch of other things that allow you to exchange services online, for example. Like all of this infrastructure yeah. has been built up in the last three, five, seven years or so. Yeah, yeah. And and a vast majority of people who are now writers and who are like script writers, they're all going to get yeah. taken away by robots, basically, right? Or just someone <laughs> who knows how to prompt things better than someone else. So there's, you have to continuously develop. You know, if you're that photo uh, editor that manipulates the photos, well, now there's software that does it online. So do you get replaced? Or are you really, really good and an expert at that software? Because it will have limitations. We know that ChatGT is not 100% good. But if I can get most of it out of it, and now I can write you a 1,000 articles instead of just one really better one, but I can do a 1,000 articles for you, I've developed and changed with it. Even now, like, look at the mobile phones. I didn't realize I just bought a new iPhone and it's like, oh, you can register your SIM without putting a SIM in. So potentially we'll get to that place where you can travel around and you just arrive at the airport, you pay something and your phone works. That saves having to go and find a SIM card. And, and now you, you, you can't contact anybody there because you don't know how to do it. Okay, they've got SIM cards there. And they started posting SIM cards to your country before you left. But now I can register a virtual SIM card in my iPhone and I can have a UK number. Wow. Okay, that's... That is fantastic, you know, yeah. and I, and I, and I guess it's about if people feel like they have a skill, maybe they draw with physical pen and paper, but they can still put it online and show it and sell it, sell it as in NFTs or, or like this ways to monetize it digitally with the protection of the PayPal's and I guess some forms of crypto. You, I, I, I'm, I'm guessing that you saw a lot of change, a lot of this change. Like when you first started out, you, I, I'm assuming things were a lot more challenging in that respect. Whereas now, like, has it become easier or is it, I don't know, because of some other elements it's, it's become? Uh, I guess things, I mean, you have to move with the times, right? And, you know, and, and, I, and I probably looked at Fiverr for maybe two years before I joined it. And each time I looked at it and went, What's the point? There's 5,000 people doing the same thing, blah, 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 right? Like, what's the point of joining it? But it's a queue. Get in the queue, right? When you join a business, you work for 30 years. I Every time I joined a new, a new company, I'd join one. When someone else left, I'd be like, that's one less person. I'm one higher up, you know? <laughs> and then you, you're in a big company. You're completely screwed. But then, like, two people go, I'm just, I'm now not the newest person in the door. 20 years later, I'm the manager, blah, blah, blah. It's the same thing with with Fiverr. Look at it, see where you can find a little gap in the market, make yourself a website, use your mobile phone, get an iPad, get a laptop, get a PC. I was I was editing videos for a year on my laptop. I didn't realize, even though it was a high-powered one, how completely crap it is versus this, which now just, I'm like, oh, three seconds. And it takes me sometimes, I was rendering files, which was like two and a half hours. It now takes seven minutes. And you're like, wow. yeah, what a waste of my time. I mean, I wasn't sat there doing anything, but like two hours, I couldn't do anything because the computer was going to die. So you, you've got to embrace technology best you can, but it doesn't mean that you have to use it. You can have services still face-to-face, but everything is marketing, right? You can have the best service in the world if no one knows about it. It doesn't matter. You can write the best book in the world. You have to promote it. So one thing I've noticed in nearly every single aspect that I've dealt with everybody, I've got a shoe shop, a, a clothes shop, I've written a book, I'm doing this. Every one of you needs marketing. 
every person needs and they just think that you know i've got a youtube channel i'll just put hundred dollars worth of google ads on it and i'm famous if you could do that i could do it everybody could do it we'd all have a million dollars so right, right, right. it doesn't work and it's all a, it's all a scam that sort of stuff but yeah you gotta you've got to have your business and this is where influencers have come through right now it's a big thing i can travel the world or just take a couple of pictures on instagram and i get to stay here for free and it's a it's a you know for whatever you feel about them the business is like right we don't have to create an instagram account and do all of this stuff to get this high we can just let them have one night in our place we get a massive benefit and they and they get to have content or, or whatever not something i do but it's kind of like yeah i can see there's a businesses are adapting right? They have to adapt and embrace YouTube and embrace Instagram versus I don't want any of that. Uh, it's not for me. I've got, I worked for a couple of tattoo shops and they're like, we don't use TikTok. He's like, fine. But eventually Instagram is going to be replaced by TikTok. It's a better thing. Ideally, it's different, but yeah. it, it does everything like Instagram does, but better. And it was first at that. So if that goes, well, then you need to move your business to where the where everyone is. There's one like phrase that my friend always, because I used to go to the to the bank and I would always want to wear my own clothes. And my boss would always be like, look, some things you've just got to go with the flow, right? And you stand out with the quality of your work. If you're wearing a a, a black t-shirt and they're all wearing green, you stand out because you look like an idiot. So sometimes go with the flow and just improve on something. And I guess it kind of speaks to that point of being a digital nomad, for example, and then having all these options when it comes to technology, you would assume that, yes, that's going to make your life easier and it could facilitate things. But at the same time, you still have to, like you're kind of alluding to, it's like you still have to be clever. You still have to be on the ball and how you're going to embrace this technology, how you're going to market yourself, you know, your services, whatever you're doing. There, there's a lot more to it, I suppose, than just like, well, it's, it's just getting easier and easier to do all these things. There's new challenges that kind of come with technology and new choices and new options. And that's yeah. all a part of it, I guess. And, right? and I can imagine it's massively overwhelming. Go and learn Premiere Pro right now. Wow, that's several hours, maybe years to do. And I was always under that thing. If I learn German, then I'm going to spend my whole life learning German. But then I didn't get to learn French. So then should I learn only French? And then, well, no, because I'm never going to go to a French speaking. Maybe I should learn Thai. And now I'm like, I can't learn Thai because maybe next year I go to China. Oh, okay. So in fact, I go to the other way. And I'm like, I don't do anything. And that's bad. I should have at least focused and had a couple of other <laughs> languages or whatever. But with everything, you just do it step by step. Just open up the program and just create a very basic video. There you go. Job done. Day one. Tomorrow, add music. And in, and if you feel the passion for it, then it's not jobs. It's just fun. And in a year, you're amazing. Getting back to all, like a broader perspective on all of this, as far as like the influence of the pandemic on being a digital nomad, I'm thinking it did sort of open up this world because, you know, people weren't going out, they couldn't leave their homes, right? So it became sort of a thing where like, you could technically work from this location, and you're just sending in your, your content digitally. And it just became sort of commonplace, right? So I'm guessing here that it could have went a couple of different ways for somebody like yourself, for example. Like one, it might have facilitated things in the sense of like maybe more opportunities came your way because, you know, big companies or even mid-sized companies were just more comfortable with this sort of setup, right? But then on the flip side, I was thinking about this where it could be like, because it became more mainstream, you had people that were flooding those spaces or that market and suddenly like, well, yeah, I can make a few extra bucks doing this as well. So the competition increased significantly. I have no data. I have no idea. But I'm curious from your perspective, what happened or what you saw take place you know, during all of this and e even where things are at right now? I saw everyone that was on YouTube 10x their views if it was any semi good because everyone's at home watching TV. Yeah, <laughs> okay. TV there you go. Right? When I was working in the bank, we were putting in some Cisco switches. Cisco, one of the biggest IT yeah, 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 yeah. developed, like on massive. They're huge. They're so much bigger. They're probably just less than, uh, yeah, no, they probably are one of the biggest ones. They, 10 years before COVID, they, they got rid of everything. They took all their staff and they said, everybody can work at home. And, and they started saving billions of dollars and the, the, the efficiency didn't change. They knew it. And I, and I think like, again, it's down to you're a business owner and you've grown up in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and this is what you do. And this is how we set our tasks out. And everyone must come to the office five days a week and we must do this. And lunchtime must be at 12 till one. You must start at 9 a.m. for some reason. Why? It doesn't matter. Because if everyone does it, we need to make sure that there's customers there. But then they went, okay, screw it. We're going to have to do our emergency plan. You're going to have to start staying at home. 
And then they realized, oh, it's not really making any any efficiency decreases, but now our rent is less, the electric's less. We don't actually need this massive building. We don't need to have stock. We don't need chefs. We don't need a rent. Like all of those things, they've just gone, crap. We thought they'd be at home messing around, but I've given them their 10 tasks. They're doing them. Why can't they stay at home? They don't, they're they now happy. I can wear whatever I like. I don't have to get in the in the commute to work. So it's kind of like, but don't get me wrong. When I moved to Holland, basically Wednesdays, everybody had off. Fridays was always a skeleton crew. You get like a 13 and a 13.9 months worth of wage. Like it's, for me, I'm just, all I know is nine to five rat race England. But actually go to another country and they're like, oh, no, dude, you, in, in Holland, you normally take four weeks off for summer every year because it's good for your mental health. I'm like, what? <laughs> exactly. Yes. You guys just go to Switzerland skiing every year for, for yeah. four or five weeks. Yeah. I'm like, no, man, yeah. the most I've had is three days off. <laughs> and that was because I was sick. <laughs> no, it's different. Go to a different country and see what they do. I'm like, well, okay. Yeah, that's, uh, I like that part. I'm going to, I'm going to embrace it. Did you notice, though, like during the pandemic where you had a bunch of new people entering that space? So like, OK, suddenly there's there's a bunch of people who are, who are willing to help with SEO. Like, OK, I can do this. I, OK, I can help with video editing. Were there a lot of people that were suddenly entering into the spaces that you were operating or you didn't even notice it? Not specifically mine, because mine is actually there's only about four or five of us doing the same thing, which is which is quite good on on fire. There's loads of other people doing it badly, but I, I'm not going to slag them off. Everybody got forced to go home and everybody now had a ton of time. And then everybody went, I might apply for a job online. Why could that I can work remotely forever? Because that sounds like a great life. I yeah, want to yeah. Like that's what I'm kind of driving at here. I wonder if that happened. Yeah. Like if I at that time I wasn't explicitly going for it on Fiverr. And I was looking for jobs online. I was like, oh wow, that looks like a cool job, something I can do or apply for it. And at the bottom right hand corner it says, six thousand people have applied for this job. And I'm like, that's I'm not gonna win it. <laughs> you know, there's no chance I'm going to win it. I'm not qualified. So therefore, I was like, yeah, well, all you can really do is set something up for yourself or work for someone else who's already set up. You know, networking is a big thing. I do some work for my friend here. And you're only from a conversation, you start chatting to them. Hey, you do that. Well, I do this. We could work together. And that's what a big thing about the digital nomad life is. There's lots of you, but, you know, you're still a very, very minority of, you know, you're not going to nine to five office. And some people are yeah, selling stuff on Amazon. You know, you can do it really well. One of my friends is absolutely killing it. He's 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 a millionaire and he's selling a small $7 product on Amazon, like ridiculous. But he's still working now flat out because it's a huge business that he's got to maintain. It's not just passive income. Just do something, do it well. And if you can monetize it. But I, I guess it all goes down to, yes, COVID has, has given us that freedom, right? We didn't expect it. COVID has said like, actually, you know, you can work from home and you don't have to commute. No one wants to commute to work. I don't want to spend an hour to get to a place where I got to spend 10 hours to then just look forward to an hour home. The best day of the week is Friday night, right? Because you've got the whole of Saturday. Sunday isn't even enjoyable because you can't do anything because of Monday again. I I often am asking my wife what day it is because I have no clue. And, and <laughs> it might just drive her nuts if she's not in the same lifestyle. 400 days in a row. It could be any day yeah. for me. It doesn't matter. It's just as long as I'm at that thing. So, uh, yeah, I mean, COVID has, has pushed everyone and, and opened everyone's minds. And the people who are useful and can provide it well, will do well. And others, maybe, I mean, I would also would very like a, a monthly income that's just regular, right? I watched The Office the other week, all of it, all 10 series of The Office and the American one. By the end of it, I was like, oh, I really want a job in an office again. <laughs> but I said, like, give myself a week before I, uh, and, and then it's like, no, you don't. You just want what you have. You have to yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. All right. Well, I can see how like the lifestyle itself has been meaningful and it seems to be a, you know, a good fit for you in the way you've described it thus far. And we're, we're transitioning into this middle segment here, a water cooler story segment. I'd be curious to hear if you have any story related to, you know, the, the work, this lifestyle, you know, you can take it whichever way you want to go. I mean, I'd, I'd love to hear. I'm sure you got several, but. Uh, I've probably got a hundred stories and just trying to find one that's interesting. I mean, for me, my, how I, I'm assuming how I've been successful is that I've my all my businesses that I've ever set up are only deemed to help people as best that I can, right? Like my, my goal is to uh, help someone with their YouTube channel. I don't then say I'm going to do all of this stuff for you so you don't have to do it. I'll teach you how to do it yourself. I'll work myself out of a job, but I'll, I won't just make you a thumbnail, which you can pay $5 forever. 
or you can pay me a little bit more money. I'll teach you how to do it. And now you're completely sustainable. So one of one of my clients, they had 10,000 subscribers. It's not, a, it's not a low number. It's already a very big win. And they were, it's like a chalk paint uh, company and, and uh, not company, like a niche. And they were doing very in-depth tutorials about how to paint this cupboard. And I said to them when we had a chat, how many people have that cupboard at home? Like the exact cupboard and they're on YouTube and they want to paint it exactly the blue color, right? It's so in-depth that you, you're appealing to maybe three people if if that. So you got you have all of these skills. You've got a great voice. You've got a great presentation. Why don't you just make it more interesting and light and, and take a step back and just like, we're going to paint any item this thing. They have now a quarter of a million subscribers. They they both can retire, travel around the world, do what they want. That's their that's their life. And for just a uh, hundred bucks, I think actually probably at the time it was supposed to be 60 bucks, 60 bucks. That was two years ago. Never charged them anything since. We're still in touch. We still chat a lot. No way. Because they're like, but I mean, it's not because it's me, but they changed that one thing. And one thing, you know, like if you're flying to space to the moon, if you go off 0.0001%, you won't hit the moon. You'll miss it by a billion miles or whatever. So sometimes just that little tiny change. And I like being, for me, that's my water cooler story is like everything that I do, how can I help someone else do it? And I'd rather show someone how to, 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 to do things than just do everything for themselves. And then I'm, I'm sustainable. But then you're just the same as every other business, right? How much can I take from you? So yeah, I don't know if it's a water cooler story, but that's my- Yeah, no, 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 totally. I mean, there's authenticity in that, I think. And also too, it kind of speaks to the point of like making it meaningful, you know, and coming back to this lifestyle. We've spoken about that a few times over and I think it fits into all of that. What ways you're able to drive satisfaction from what you're doing, you know? And Yeah. I I said to you before, before we started, someone else's channel is a win for me. Right. It's, yeah. it's like helping someone else. Sometimes I've had a couple of clients who, you know, because I've dealt with what, 800 clients in the last couple of years. And some people have mental health issues where we go completely away from YouTube. And I think they just wanted someone to chat to for 45 minutes. Right. I, I couldn't help them get a single more view from their YouTube, I admit. But we still in touch. I had a client who was deaf. So we had a Zoom call where we were just typing, but he wanted to see my 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 expressions and we'd be like typing down and then we'd look up and like laugh you know and he's like you're the only person that you know can help me still because all you're not trying to do is help them do the same thing as everyone else right we just want to have the, the the equal uh opportunity yeah 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 and i'm like this that doesn't bother me man let's let's do it i told him a couple of keywords he 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 then just did a very basic video about teaching some some sign language he's like he's now got i think a, a quarter of a million subscribers again something like that you know so i didn't care even if you got three but it was just so nice the fact that it grew and because he was really going in depth with something well it's you know i think it's a different side of all of this too where like you for getting into like these youtube stories and whatnot and people changing their lives overnight from from that platform right the story is usually always on that person who's who's made it you know but there's this whole other story of people like yourself that are helping these individuals just like you were talking about before, that fine little distinction there, that little shift over, which means all the difference and, you know, and, and what that means to that individual. And, and I think it's it's enlightening to kind of hear that side of the story as well, you know? Yeah. I really like that. No, it's really, it's really good. And, you know, and you can also look at like a PewDiePie video and you see like, ah, there's a guy, he's, he's talking to the screen, playing a computer game, 18 million views. And then that inspires 17 million people to go, I can do it better than him. You yeah. know, because yeah. it's what he's doing is not anything crazy good. And and that's good, but that's where I come in. Because I'm, I'm like, yeah, by the way, PewDiePie's been doing it for 18 years and he's an expert and he's developed it to this level. If you work at McDonald's for 18 years, I would expect you to be earning way more than when you started. So it's like there is time and effort into everything. Um, you can't just go, wow, I can do it better. Why am I not a millionaire? Well, you know, let's keep it real still. <laughs> Well, we are heading to this last segment here, Christian, a crystal ball segment. As the name implies, we're looking towards the future trends, predictions, so on and so forth. And uh, I, I'm thinking here, I mean, with we've already spoken about this point of technology evolving and the influences that it has on, you know, on, on this digital nomad lifestyle, right? And returning to this point. And uh, I'd be curious your thoughts or your take on where it's all going. Again, I think like in terms of the tech, at least, like it's positioned to allow for this to, to continue moving forward. But also there's like this whole rigidity of 
you know, the structures in place that countries have, you know, whether it's visas, whether it's healthcare issues, whether it's a few other things. So like, my question here is like, where do you see it going? Do you think it's like going to just like, open up and blossom right now? Or do you think we're still more of a, a slow burn due to, you know, some of these other structural issues? I, I'm, I'm assuming we're going to go towards Terminator and we're all going to get killed. Frankly, it, it <laughs> seems terrifying the things that the, the AI can do now. Some, some of the limitations of AI, they can't do and they're aware of it. So then they'll outsource someone on Fiverr to make that thing for them or write that bit of code so that the AI can now continue doing that. That was on Joe Rogan the other day. It was like, you're like, wow, okay, it's getting to that level where why are we building something that we already knew 20 years ago when Arnold Schwarzenegger was walking around? <laughs> no, I mean, it, every day, everything is is better, you know? And like the visa process is different than it was 10 years ago. Now I can apply online. I haven't got to go to the thing. Because everyone's constantly optimizing. Do we need staff and aircon when we can do it online and send you an email? So I had a visa in the UK because I got married here. When I arrived in the country, I had it just on an email. And I'd never been to the immigration in London where it would have been. And they're like, no, you just apply online. You pay. You do the same stuff. We do the same check. And now you've got this email printed out. And I'm like, how can I go to a country with a with an email? No, nope, works fine. Up you go. Okay, great. Technology is... is uh, it's moving way faster than anybody can comprehend. Just get your little corner of it and be a, be a master at one little part, and I think you'll be you'll be fine. Well, there you go. I mean, I've got to say though, we just like blown through this conversation, and for me at least, I mean, that's always a mark of a good conversation. So you know, I can't thank you enough for your time. The one thing I could say to anybody listening, if they got to this far, if they wanted to go traveling, if they if they're scared, if there's doubt, just do it. What's the worst that can happen? Right? Be safe. Go there, fail, go back and sleep on your mate's sofa. Whatever you need to do, do whatever it takes to be happy because you only got one life and we're all going to be dead. All right, so enjoy the ride and that's it. That's what you need to do. For those interested in learning more about Christian and his work, you can do so via his YouTube channel at Will Walker, W-I-L-L Walker, W-A-L-K-E-R 555. For reference, I will have it in the show notes, so you can check it out there too. And I mean, if you like today's show, please be sure to share. I mean, it goes a long ways. It helps way more than you know. You can also rate, review, and subscribe wherever you access your podcast. And then too, I mean, head on over to YouTube. Yeah, within the context of this conversation, Life as a, we do have a channel, although it does need a bit of love. So if you go over there, please, please, please hit that subscribe button. It's the only way that YouTube knows that this content matters. And, you know, I might be a little bit biased here, but, uh, you know, I think hearing these conversations and, and opening your mind up to new possibilities, new career opportunities, you know, that stuff does count. And again, yeah, the only way for, for YouTube to know that it counts is you liking or subscribing. So please be sure to do so. And finally, don't forget to tune into the next episode of Life As A, where we'll continue to explore and unearth the details of professions and the people behind them. I'm your host, Christopher Schoenwald. Until next time, stay curious about life and living.